This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. We are approaching critical mass, the point at which all hell breaks loose. The government is pushing us even closer and closer to a constitutional crisis. What makes the outlook so much bleaker is the utter ignorance of the American people and those who represent them about their freedoms, their history, and how the government is supposed to operate. More than government corruption, police brutality, terrorism, gun violence, drugs, illegal immigration, or any other so-called danger that supposedly threatens our nation, civic illiteracy may be what finally pushes us over the edge. As Thomas Jefferson warned, no nation can be both ignorant and free. Unfortunately, the American people have existed in a technology-laden, entertainment-fueled, perpetual state of cluelessness for so long that civic illiteracy has become the new normal for the people, or should I say, we the people. It's telling that Americans were more able to identify Michael Jackson as the composer of a number of songs than to know the Bill of Rights was the first ten amendments to the U.S. Constitution, believe that or not. In fact, most immigrants who aspire to become citizens know more about national civics than native-born Americans. Surveys indicate that half of native-born Americans couldn't correctly answer 70% of the civics questions on the U.S. citizenship test. Not even the government bureaucrats who are supposed to represent us know much about civics, American history, or geography, or even the Constitution, although they take an oath to uphold, support, and defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestics. For example, a couple attempting to get a marriage license was recently forced to prove to a government official that New Mexico is, in fact, one of the 50 states and not a foreign country. Hey, folks, you can't make this stuff up. Here's a classic example of how surreal the landscape has become. Just in time for Bill of Rights Day on December 15th, President Trump issued a proclamation affirming the importance of the Bill of Rights in guarding against government abuses of power. But let, listen to me. Don't believe it for a second. The government doesn't want its abuses checked, and it certainly doesn't want its powers restricted. For that matter, this is not a president who holds the Constitution in high esteem. Then again, we may not be in this sorry state if it weren't for President Barack Obama and George W. Bush and the damage their administrations inflicted on the freedoms enshrined in our Bill of Rights, which historically has served as the bulwark from government abuse. In the so-called name of national security since 9-11, the Constitution has been steadily chipped away at, undermined, eroded, whittled down, and generally disregarded to such an extent that we are left with but a shadow of the robust document adopted more than two centuries ago. Our Bill of Rights, 462 words that represent the most potent and powerful rights ever guaranteed to a group of people officially, became part of the U.S. Constitution on December 15, 1791, because early Americans such as James Madison and Thomas Jefferson understood the need to guard against the government's inclination to abuse its power. Yet, the reality we must come to terms with is that in America that we live in today, the government does whatever it wants. Make no mistake, if our individual freedoms have been restricted, it is only so that the government's powers can be expanded at we the people's expense. Even so, 
The power of the police state is dependent on a populace that meekly obeys without question. Those who founded this country knew quite well that every citizen must remain vigilant or freedom would be lost. As Thomas Paine recognized, and I'm quoting here, it's the responsibility of the patriot to protect his country from its government. If there is to be any hope at all for restoring our freedoms and reclaiming our runaway government, we have to start by breathing life into those three powerful words that set the tone for everything that follows in the Constitution. And those three powerful words, what are they? We the people. People get the government they deserve. As one journalist writes, and I'm quoting, a government by the people, for the people, and other people is only as wise, as just, and as free as the people themselves, unquote. So, it's up to us. We have the power to make and break the government. We, the American people, the citizenry, are the arbiters and ultimate guardians of America's welfare, defense, liberty, laws, and prosperity. It's time to stop waiting patiently for change to happen. Do more than grouse and complain. We must act and act responsibly. A healthy representative government is hard work. It takes a citizenry that's informed about the issues, educated about how the government operates, and willing to make the sacrifices necessary to stay involved, whether that means foregoing Monday night football in order to attend a city council meeting or risking arrest by picketing in front of a politician's office. Don't wait for things to get as bad as they are in France, where civil unrest over a government proposal to raise taxes on gas has turned into violent clashes between protesters and police. Whatever you do, please don't hinge your freedom on politics. No election will ever truly alleviate the suffering of the American people. Remember what philosopher Noam Chomsky had to say about politics? I'm quoting again. It is important to bear in mind that political campaigns are designed by the same people who sell toothpaste and cars, unquote. In other words, as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America on the War, and the War on the American People, we're being sold a carefully crafted product by a moneyed elite who are masters in the art of making the public believe they need exactly what they're being sold, whether it's the latest high-tech gadget, the hottest toy, or the most charismatic politician. Folks, don't buy any of it. The Constitution is neutral when it comes to politics. What the Constitution is not neutral about, however, is the government's duty to safeguard the rights of the people. We, the people, also have a duty that goes far beyond the act of voting. It's our job to keep freedom alive using every nonviolent means available to us. As Martin Luther King Jr. recognized in a speech delivered on December 5, 1955, just four days after Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to relinquish her seat on a Montgomery City bus, I'm quoting again, democracy transformed from thin paper to thick action is the greatest form of government on the earth, unquote. So, know your rights, exercise your rights, defend your rights. If not, you're going to lose them. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford Press Alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. 
Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.